The readings today teach us a lot of, about the nature of the church, especially this first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. We're reading about a controversy, a huge controversy that happened in the early church, right at its beginnings. And the controversy was so widespread, it almost shipwrecked the entire mission of the church, right out of the gates. There was a tension between tradition and novelty, and it was not helping the church in her mission, it was hindering it. There were two camps. The first camp said, we are Christians, we follow Jesus, we don't need the Jewish dietary prescriptions, we don't need the Jewish law, we are free in Christ. And the head of that camp was St. Paul. And then on the other side, you had people are saying, no, we were Jewish, the Jewish religion is deeply ingrained in us, and we should keep a good chunk of it. What comes from this? An argument. It says in the first reading, there arose no little dissension over this. That's a euphemism for all hell broke loose in the church. This tension in the church is not something new. It's been present since its foundations. In fact, there is still tension. We have it here in our own diocese. We have it here in our own parish. It is no secret that there has been a lot of tension over our school and the decisions that have been made. Some think our school should have stayed the same. Some think our school needed to change. So what comes from this? There arose no little dissension. Translation, all hell broke loose at St. Joseph's. So what happens? The same thing that happened in the early church. The arguments begin between the two groups. The rumor mill starts throwing ridiculous accusations. And people just kind of venture off on their own, believing whatever they want. In the early church, this caused massive division. It didn't help. And it doesn't help in our day and age either. It does nothing for the building up and the strengthening of our school or our parish. In fact, it makes difficult situations worse. It's always funny to me because I think that, you know, people kind of have this vision of the early church that it was like this utopia. Like everybody was just happy and they loved each other and they served the poor and everybody was praying and it wasn't like that. It's never been like that. There's always a tension within the church. You know, who Jesus really was, what he really taught. What is the primary mission of the church? The coffee's too strong. The donuts are stale. There's always something, right? There's always a tension. So what happened in that very primitive church? The leaders, the apostles, met and discussed the issue at hand. This first meeting of the apostles is traditionally known as the Council of Jerusalem. And for the record, it was the first of many councils that would need to be called. The arguing had become so severe that the leaders themselves had to step in and make decisions to settle the issue. And this would not be the last time it happened. These meetings were not just nice little meetings. One of my favorite ones is the Council of Nicaea in 325. Arius at the time was a man who was teaching that Jesus wasn't really God. He was just like a superhuman. And so they called the council to decide because this, there was like 
you know, no little dissension arose again. It got so heated that at one point, St. Nicholas, and yes, I said that, St. Nicholas punched Arius in the face. Hopefully that won't happen here at St. Joseph's. Luckily, it hasn't happened to me yet. Point being is this bickering, the argument in the church is not something new. But there comes a point in these arguments when the church leaders must step in and make a decision. They must hold on to that position of leadership that has been entrusted to them by an apostle. Bishop Kagan is a successor to the apostles, and he has entrusted me with this parish, which is very humbling. But there comes a point when you must make decisions. And I don't make decisions without prayer, fasting, and counsel. Just as the leaders of the early church did. And in that first council, they made a decision to do away with almost all of the Jewish law. And people got mad. Some were infuriated. Many left because of this decision. Now, did the apostles know everything that was going to come from that decision? No, probably not. Were they 100% convinced that it was the right decision? I think they, were, they hoped it was. And praise God they made it, because if they wouldn't have made that decision, we wouldn't be Catholic. But they trusted that God was pointing them in a direction and guiding the process and that the Holy Spirit would bring it to completion. I love in the letter it says, it is the decision of the Holy Spirit and us. And after that decision was made and the churches united, the Catholic faith spread like wildfire. Evangelization exploded. Now I know that some of you probably don't agree with the decisions that I've made in this school, and that's okay. And I invite you to talk to me about them. But if we want the school to thrive, we have to stay away from rumors, from gossip, and we need to move to a narrative of the, what that school is going to become. This is not Father Waltz's little project. It's a project of the Holy Spirit, and I am convinced of it for several reasons. One is our new principal. Our new principal, Dr. David Fleischacker. Yes, doctor. He has a PhD. He's been involved in education for over 30 years, both as a teacher and an administrator. He studied the principles of blessed John Henry Newman, who is a master educator and who will be canonized a saint by Pope Francis this summer. For 12 years, he worked with the founder of a revolutionary grade school in London, England, that to this day is still one of the best in the city. And on top of all that, his wife, Dr. Christine Fleischager, yes, she also has a PhD, will join him as we continue to discern the division and the direction of our school. What other school maybe in the nation, can boast having two PhDs at the head. You might sit back and say, why on earth did they do this? I ask that same question. They are both walking away from their careers, which they have worked tirelessly to form. They are both taking an incredible pay cut. And why? Why? Because they too have been listening to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has asked them to take the lead and to do something that hasn't been done before. To educate in a new way. 
to start something new, to not just fall in line with the other schools, but to take the lead, to transform the culture. I drive a Ford pickup, and like the commercial says, we're not just going to raise the bar, we're going to become the bar. They're going to want to be like us. They're going to want to follow us. We're going to do something new, and we're going to transform this community. That's the narrative. That's what we need to push into the community. What we need is prayer and unity in the mission of educating young minds and hearts that have been entrusted to us. And what can you do? You can spread that narrative. You can send your children to our school. Grandparents, maybe you can convince your kids to send to our school. Heck, maybe you can even pay for them to go to our school. You can step forward and sponsor a child that wants to go but can't pay. There's so much that we can do. And I am so excited at the energy that we have now in this new mission of St. Joseph's School. And so let it begin as the early church did. From arguments and division to unity and evangelization. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful so many years ago in that Council of Jerusalem, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Lord, send forth your Spirit and renew our school. Amen.